0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning,
0: didn't have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket, Saving the spot for the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. (laughs)
1: boom it's a 170 that was
2: money i think it's down right up there 10 yards
1: whitetail legacy podcast bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy Baller rut, Whitetail Legacy podcast coming at you. Little different voice coming at you off the intro. We'll get into that a little bit later. But one thing that's on our minds here at Whitetail Legacy is uh, 9/11 just happened, and uh, a lot of people sacrificed their lives, and we need to take a moment of silence for them, and also for the founder of QU, Jason Hairston. All right, here, moving on. That's one thing that's very important to us. You know, we do the VIP shout-out every week. Um, A lot of innocent people uh, were lost in 9-11. Then we just had Blood Origins on, and he did an episode with the founder of QU, and then the tragic news here last week of him passing. So show them the respect that they deserve. So... If you're wondering why you're hearing my beautiful voice at the beginning of an episode is because Cody is doing some dad stuff. uh, Very important dad stuff. Uh, We were all set to record, and then he got got a text message from his wife, and she said, I think you need to come inside for a minute. And he went in there, and uh, well, I guess one kid has hand, foot, and mouth. And then the other kid, the newborn, has ear infection, so he's screaming, so Uh, Cody left me his phone to be able to talk to Grant because I have a stupid iPhone 7, and I have to have my special adapter, which I have in my work truck, so I can listen to podcasts because that's what I do, so I had to use Cody's phone to be able to talk to Grant, hook it up to the soundboard and the whole nine, so I'm out here, I did this one solo, Kind of proud of myself. I think Cody was a little nervous. By the way, he left the studio, (laughs) which I don't blame him. So, getting right into our partners here, Um, ECW calls. Guys, got to get on the orders. Jeff's pumping out the calls. He's pumping out the turkey calls still. Um, He's the the goose and duck call lineup is just rocking. Don't forget, um, we have our Whitetail Legacy podcast. Duck or. Duck. I don't even, we don't even duck hunt. Uh, we have our Whitetail Legacy podcast, Buck, Grunt Tubes, and our Turkey Calls available. Or you can uh, hit Jeff up at Embry Custom Wood, Woodworking.com. Get into that. Getting right into Ingram. Man, dude, he's got to be getting close on our bucks from last year. Uh, Cody's getting that full sneak done. Just gonna be coming right out at you in your face. And then I'm getting the offset shoulder right semi-sneak head up. Man, it's a long, it's a it's a long one. I think I got it all there. I got I got I got a semi sneak turn right now with my first bow buck, but this one's gonna have the head up and this one's gonna have a lot more detail because Ingram's doing the tanned instead of the dry preserve. And Ingram just puts a lot more into his mounts than that guy who I had doing it before. So don't forget to check him out, Ingram's Outdoor Obsession. Man, getting close. We're excited. VIP shout out this week. Uh, We got Joe Watson uh, sent in from our buddy Justin Duncan. He was in the US Navy. And we want to thank Joe for his service. Uh, we don't have any details or anything, but um, he did more than Cody and I did. So, Joe, we want to salute you and thank you for your service. Uh, getting right into the Veteran Innovative Products. Guys, if you are in the southern portion and you got pigs, you got to check out the hog log. I'm telling you guys. Now, um, hog log is for real. They, they, they say the pigs are in the southern part of Illinois, which, I mean, I don't know. Where that, that's not where we're at, but that's what I've heard. And I know when we call in a deer during the fall season, they ask you if you've seen any wild hogs. So they got to be getting close. And I guarantee you, when I see one, I'm going to send it. Getting right into scent. Oh, yeah, one thing that we have not touched on is our new veteran shout-out poster board in the studio. We have every VIP shout-out on a poster board with the American flag draped over it. And uh, that's one thing that Cody and I did because that is a very special part, a very meaningful part to this podcast. And it deserves a spot in our studio. So every VIP veteran Broadhead shout out per episode is on that poster board hung up in the studio because those are the people that make this podcast possible. So, very important to us. It's got its own spot on the wall. And, um, man, it, it's a damn near highlight of the studio. Cody's got two bucks in here and everybody, I mean, I just can't stop looking at the the American flag we got hanging on the wall there. So getting into scent lock. One thing we have not talked about, if you guys can hear anything, I'm just smoking this fourth arrow camera arm in the studio back and forth because I have nothing else to do. So getting into scent lock. One thing we have not talked about is their line of socks. Um, I know they're going to be coming out with a whole a whole line of socks for business. Uh, if you if you play tennis, if you if you run cross country, if you do any other activity, um, they're going to be having a whole line of socks coming out. Uh, you know, for the business guy looking for some some odor control on his feet. You know, it may he's, maybe he's maybe sweating it down on a business meeting or something. You know, that that going to have you covered. Uh, you know, soccer teams, uh, track guys, they're going to have everybody covered when they come out with this new line of socks. So very excited to see where that comes out. And plus they already have their, their line of socks out for us hunting guys, different, uh, weights and you know, it, it's backed by ScentLock, So it's going to control your foot odor if you get sweaty. Oh, just just wetting my taste buds here a second. So we had Grant from Ethan Tyne on here. Uh, very good episode, flying solo. Uh, we get into a a bunch of stuff, you know, talking about high school days and how it translates. Uh, his team, and and where they're going, his camera setups. How they how they how they run their setups on their cameras, and then um, finishing out with an awesome Tennessee velvet buck hunt, which sounds sounds awesome. And Cody and I are going somewhere. We we got to get somewhere and at least get a get a chance at a velvet buck. So we don't know if that's going to be up in the Dakotas. If it's going to be Tennessee, but. Man, we got we to gotta get somewhere. And then that's just going to help us scratch that itch, you know, because we all got the itch for October 1st. But if you can get out there September, get that itch scratched, I mean, you're going to hold out for a dandy, maybe help out your farm for a couple years here. So I'm flying solo, guys. Do not forget that. This is – uh. <laughs> It's a little bit harder than it sounds. So, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, We cover a lot of stuff. Be sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram. This team's really going to have it rocking. You know, he said he sent off his film to get it edited. They're going to be putting it out. I'm telling you, you're going to want to watch it when he starts talking about their film and setup. So, be sure you guys follow them on both platforms. And we can't thank you guys enough for listening, so we're going to get right into it. And now joining us on the phone, we got uh, Grant Burnett from 8th and Tyne. How you doing tonight, man?
2: I'm doing just fine. How are you, homie?
1: Man, I'm doing awesome. Uh, I, I, I tell Cody all the time, you know, the, the hardest thing with, with podcasting is scheduling. And, uh, you know, that, that really come to the forefront of trying to get this one knotted down.
2: Oh, yeah, dude, it's been, it's been back and forth with me and you. I think the first time that we wanted to meet up, I was on vacation, and just the overall timing didn't work out. And then we've had Tennessee deer season open up and Kentucky deer season up, open up, so we've been running around like crazy and just just one of those things, man, Hunt, hunting in life. One yeah, of those
1: things. right, and then you add in, uh, you know, wives and kids, which Cody and I got, and uh, it can really make for interest in trying to get something pinned down
2: absolutely man jim jim uh one of our teammates he he's got a newborn at home uh sterling's only a few months old, so we're we're all learning you know via Jim how to balance hunting and and your wife and your baby and your job and it's a, it's a process man
1: right um i the last couple of years, and this year I've been taking two weeks to hunt uh late october early November for the rut, and then I was informed last night by my wife um because next year i'll have uh you know basically a year old and then a three and a half year old and i was informed that i'm not gonna be able to hunt in two weeks so um i'm i'm learning as well as everybody else
2: so you had y'all had a meeting
1: yeah yeah we had a meeting and uh it didn't quite (laughs) fall my
2: way i I understand (laughs) we all we all have we all have those meetings so i understand man
1: right well uh Man, let's just get right into it here. Uh, you got Ethan and Tyne. You guys are up and off the ground. Um, yeah. Let, let's talk a little bit about that. Okay.
2: Um, 8th and Tyne, we're, we're not a year old yet. Um, the idea the, you know, who we are and, and what we're trying to do is is not is, is much older than a year. Um, I've known uh, two of the members, Austin and Justin, all throughout high school. We were We went to high school together. Justin and I hunted together um, all throughout high school, Austin's actually new to hunting. And then Jim is, uh, is Justin's brother-in-law, but we all met up last fall. We all have common, you know, hunting practices, hunting traditions that, w- that are all really, you know, near and dear to our hearts that are very common to the three, to the four of us. Um, and I've kind of always, I've, I've, every, every deer I've killed, there's been a camera present, um, be it that doesn't mean they were all it doesn't mean they were all recording or that everything was in focus but there was a camera there <laughs> right um, i've been bow hunting deer since i was 12 years old and just i've loved the ability of telling a story about it not just catching it on camera but you know telling the story from you know spot you know can't find the one on camera that you think you, that you consider a target buck that's mature be it a mature buck or um you know just one that is really cool looking or whatever and just telling that story and that's something that we all have in common. And we've just been able to do all of that together over the past year. We had an incredible turkey season last year. Um, and we don't just video ourselves. We try and invite some friends and family along. And last year we were actually to rec- able to, re- to record three first turkeys, which was awesome. Um, but eighth in time, uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what that is. Um, eight is like my life number. Um, I am the founder, or whatever you want to call it, of 8th and Tyne. Um, 8 is like my life number. Born October 8th, 1988. Weighed 8 pounds, 8 ounces. Oh, jeez. I, I could go on for <laughs> the whole podcast of how many times the number 8 shows up in my life. Um, it's just kind of one of those reoccurring things. So it represents life. And then the num- the name Tyne, you know, everybody, Tyne is obviously, you know, a point, of an antler, on a deer. Mm -hmm. Um, so that just kind of represents the outdoors and what we try and showcase is what we were just talking about before we started the podcast right is is life (laughs) yeah Uh, we so we try and showcase that life and where it intersects the outdoors because that's 99 percent of us Mm -hmm. um you know and that's what originally got us all talking about us having a podcast together and talking because that's what you guys you know do with your podcast whitetail legacy it's about you know, your your trials and tribulations, highs and lows, ups and downs, those meetings that you have with your wife and <laughs> you ready to go, um, and then balancing all that out. And so we, Eighth and Time is a crossroads, um, and we ask people to meet us on that crossroads of life and the outdoors, and we try and just be super authentic and real in the moment. You know, we try and share everything um, from packing the bags to miss an opportunity to hunt because you know a work meeting came up we can't change these things so we're not gonna be able to make that hunt anymore um stuff like that we try and we try and show all of it
1: yeah you know i i think um we just did a podcast a couple weeks ago with a guy and you know he talks about you know these these hunting shows are you know just open shoot close and you know that's one thing with you guys um you're going to show more than just, you know, open, shoot, close. You want to show the journey. You want to show the misses. Then um, that's one thing that Cody and I are going to focus on is is showing the work that's put into all of these animals that we harvest or don't harvest, you know. Uh, even if we get an animal 50 yards away, but, you know, we didn't shoot it with a bow, it was still a success because we got that close, you know.
2: Right. That's exactly right, man.
1: Um couple of things I want to touch on that you, that you mentioned there, um, you know, Cody and I are kind of in the same boat, you know, we wish we would have started this podcast two months before we actually did, you know, we wish when we had the idea that we started it or then, you know, say we did start it two months before that. Well, then we wish we would have started it two months before that, you know, um, absolutely. And then, so you had said that you had started hunting when you were 12 years old. Um, mm-hmm. do you, do you feel like that that was late in your life to start hunting? You know, cause we talked to a bunch of people, you know, they've got kids five and six, eight, ten, out hunting. Um, do you think, I mean, do
2: you think 12 was late? Look, looking back, I wish I had been in it my, my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm driving through a rainstorm. Is it, is it, are you picking that up pretty bad? Cause I can pull over.
1: Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. Say, I was like, mean, it's raining here. It's rained here for three days.
2: I, I've been, uh, you know, I feel like five or six, uh, would have been awesome for me, but my story started at 12. So that's, that's where it's at. Looking back, I wish I could have, you know, started it the minute I could have been going. Right. I mean, yeah, I had a B, I had a BB gun and that, I, I mean, I think my, my dad got me a 20 gauge shotgun probably when I was, I would say probably nine or 10. I don't think I was quite that. I think it was probably nine or 10 when I got my first shotgun, but I didn't start hunting, truly hunting until I was 12. Um, I mean, now you look up and, I mean, there's dads, moms that are taking their kids out hunting and they're not even starting school yet. You know, they're not even in kindergarten and they're sitting in the deer blind. I mean.
1: Right. Which is. I, go ahead. Which is super cool. And and the right. reason that I bring this up um, is because 12 years old is when I started. Um, my dad had kind of started my older brother. Uh, he said, you know, you got to be in sixth grade. You get to go. And you get to sit with me, turkey hunting and deer hunting. And then if you do good there, then we'll get you into your hunter education safety course. And, you know, we'll make sure you pass that. You understand all the the rules and regulations and everything. And then he's going to put us through his own uh, gun safety course. You know, make sure we know how the, you know, different ways to hold a gun, safety. Just so, you know, him as a dad you can feel safe with us and then you know when we hit that junior high seventh grade year we can get out there and get get by ourselves and get our own experience and our own stories going so the reason i asked you that is because you know just like i said we talked to so many people where they're getting kids out six eight ten years old when i started was 12 years old so it kind of just matched up and that's why i asked you
2: yeah yeah and that same my story is a little bit different my my dad uh, waterfowl hunts with me. Still, we still waterfowl hunt together, but awesome. uh, we've only deer hunted. We've only deer hunted once or twice together. Just never was really a passion of his. Um, my uncle put a bow in my hand when I was, I think, I was 11. And by the time I get, got home and figured out that's what I wanted to do, I was probably, like I said, 12 years old. And that's really what got me. Before that, hunting was more of I only thought about it when the season rolled around, type thing. Uh-huh. You know, when I was when I was younger, eight to nine, ten years old, I only thought about it when seasons rolled around, and that was typically squirrel season. That's about the only type of hunting I was doing. Um, and then when once I put that bow in my hand and that whole experience happened with my uncle, um, I—that's I've lived, breathed, eat, sleep, whatever, dreamed about bow hunting, uh, about archery seasons, whatever it is. I've wanted to chase it. You know, if I can chase it with a bow, I've wanted to do it. And I can't imagine if I had started doing that much younger. I don't know where I'd be today. I probably (laughs) wouldn't have a job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, my mom actually bought me my first bow. And, you know, my parents had split up since I was young. And so that, you know, a lot of people are surprised to even hear that. But she she knew from me coming to her house on the weekends to – hear me talk about oh hey mom i went hunting you know i went shotgun hunting with dad and you know it did this happened and we seen this buck and dad shot this 160 and you know this and that and you know i'd say well hey you know um she was dating a guy who was uh big into bow hunting and goose hunting and so i was like oh yeah bow hunting would be cool i said i get to hunt so much more during the year you know and then for Christmas, I got a bow and, um, off I went and I was 16 at that point And, uh, I kept that same bow up until about two years ago. So I had that bow for 12 years.
2: I was just going to ask you, did you still, do you still have your original bow? I still have my yep, first bow.
1: I, I still kept it. I'm in the process of converting it over to be my bow fishing
2: rig. Oh, cool, man. That's a great idea. Mine just hangs up and is kind of a, a talking piece at this point. I'm,
1: right. scared. I'm scared. I'm I'm scared to pull it back now. I've had to hang it hanging up for so long. Right. So I wanted. <laughs> I wanted a Hoyt for forever. You know, since I yeah. was you know twelve yep. or thirteen, and uh, I come across a really good deal. A guy messed up his shoulder, and they just made crossbows legal here in Illinois for everybody. And he he was just getting rid of everything: his case, his arrows, his broadheads. You know, the bow, his release, just a whole nine. And I couldn't pass it up.
2: So, so what model is what
1: model Hoyt is it? Um, it's a 2016 Carbon Defiant. Oh yeah, man. And uh, I mean, it shoots really good. It's got a single pin HSA Optimizer light. Um, just a really good shooting bow. I, and you know, a lot of people are like, oh well, yeah, you know, you need to pick the bow that shoot shoots good for you. And I just probably couldn't have picked a better bow to, to actually shoot. You know, um, it's a lot smoother than my PSE. I had a PSE Nova. Uh, was the bow my mom got me so you know it's just kind of a match made in heaven there i
2: think yes yeah, so that's what i was going to ask you so your first bow was a psc nova mm-hmm. wow um, my, my brother my brother's first bow was a psc bruin sounds like you you'd ever had to have a psc bruin's kind of like a, a junior style bow and that's what i was wondering is if mine is a it's a bear it's like a bear it's got a number um anyways it was like a walmart you know, it came in a Walmart package with the arrows and everything.
1: <laughs> gotcha. It, it, it came in a,
2: in a Walmart plastic package. I say Walmart. You know, package right. store. It had the plastic with the arrows already in it. Yeah, I think I ended up killing like I think I killed probably four or five deer with that with that bow before I needed <laughs> before I needed to graduate. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, With my PSE,
1: uh, you know, I got it when I was younger, and I had just become comfortable with it. I didn't see no need for changing anything. And then you kill you. What makes you more confident than killing a couple deer with something? That's right. And you just keep on sending it. And I uh, three years ago, I shot a really nice, really tall, maybe pushing one forty-eight pointer. I mean, it's it's a big eight, you know, to be pushing one forty. Mm. and uh, I shot him right in the shoulder, got maybe three or four inches of penetration because i never turned up my poundage from being a teenager to where I am now, you know, and uh, never ended up recovering that buck, and uh, just I said, that's the last straw. I talked about getting a new bow for two years. You know, I, was, I started finally having a good job was stable in my life and you know it's just one of them things that you don't want to change unless you have to because you're like well it's still doing good for me and then you know if I'd have, i i i think to myself if i had a, if i had the bow that i got now i would have just plowed right through that shoulder and i'd have had you know a giant eight pointer on my wall yeah but <clears throat> it's hard hard to tell what what's going to happen if you don't do it you know what i mean that's exactly
2: right in hindsight yeah, always twenty
1: twenty. Right. So with the guys that you have on eighth and tine, uh yeah. you said you said that you um, have been hunting with Justin, you know, for a while. Yeah. Um, that's something that I'm actually pretty jealous of, you know, having somebody that close and being able to have all the stories that you guys probably have together. Uh you know, I don't really have anybody that I hunted with a lot. I've got a couple people that I've hunted quite a bit with, but up until now, you know, Cody is pretty much my, what I call my lifelong friend that I never knew existed until I met him. Right. And, you know, I wish I would have met him 14 years ago when I started hunting because our friendship and I guarantee all our hunting stories would just be that much better because we we enjoy the same amount right right so i i think that that's really cool that you're able to do something on the level that you guys are at with somebody that you've been hunting with for so long
2: and justin i mean when i when i when justin and i finally you know became friends you know you, when you go to high school and i i, I played sports all throughout high school justin and i think I think by high school he had he had quit playing sports. He played sports in middle school. We knew each other in middle school, but we became friends in high school. Um, I think by high school he had quit most sports, and the reason why is Justin, he is a superior woodsman. I mean, we talk about it as a as a as a team, as a company, or whatever you want to call us. Um, he he's an incredible hunter, and uh, it, it was his love for the outdoors he he quit a lot of sports in high school and really my hunting it didn't die down in high school but i mean i wasn't doing as much mainly well for two reasons i I played i was a three-sport athlete and i I chased i chased girls too often right right so those those things in of itself um but he kind of kept that alive in me uh he was always texting or calling or If we would go to a party, Justin was, you know, if we were hanging out with anybody or whatever, Justin was talking about hunting while other people were talking about, you know, the last football game or, you know, good-looking cheerleader or whatever. Justin was like, somebody's talking about the good-looking blonde and Justin's talking about, you know, the (laughs) 150-inch 8-point or, you know, 10-point he got on camera at so-and-so's farm. Um, So he kind of, he kept me hunting throughout high school just kind of trying to keep up with what he was doing. Um, and then he went to, he went to the university of Auburn. I went to the university of Tennessee. So we didn't, that's a long way. That's a long ways off. Right. So we met up, a, we met up a few times here and there between then. And then we've both, we had both been out of school for several years, kind of getting our careers underneath us. And then we just kind of, like I said, this actually all started with me in Austin. And then I, I as soon as we kind of, I said, Hey, we need to do something about, we need, we need to make this work this 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 is something that we all have a passion for and Austin had missed mentioned Justin I had mentioned Justin and and Jim was just a he was a home run in terms of bringing him in just because of we can we can get into that but Jim's Jim is almost our backbone he's he's an incredible hunter but on top of that um, he's he's a he's, he's he's a little bit older than us not not a lot but what i mean by that with that with that comes a lot of maturity like I was saying earlier, he's, he's got a wife and a really, a really stable career, but they just had their baby, so he, we're able to learn a lot through him. And then his camera knowledge um, is through the roof for somebody that's never had, like he's had some training, but to never have true formal training or education on a camera, the guy can – I'll put him up against anybody. Um, and I know I kind of went off on – you were we were we were just just talking about hunting buddies and i just went through the whole thing
1: oh yeah that's cool man um i can tell you one thing it sounds like me and you would have been great friends in high school you know a three sport athlete um kind of did some hunting on the side you know and just like you'd kind of said i mean looking back I, i mean i would have probably still played sports but i would have hunted a lot more than i did you know so
2: yeah, you're probably like me. I don't know. So when I first got into high school, right? I so my my three sports were wrestling, I was a wrestler and then football and baseball. Um and when and it, and in that order in terms of what I love the most. Uh-huh. Um actually it would probably be wrestling, baseball and then football. But anyways, um You know, beginning of school, beginning, you know, freshman, sophomore, and then towards my junior year, that's all I cared about was sports. I'd hunt on the side. By senior year, uh, I was skipping skipping practices or whatever, so that I was hunting in September or October. I I was starting to really fall back in love with it. Um, My senior year, and did that happen for you, or was it? Uh, So
1: so I was playing football, basketball, and then I was running track uh okay it would be football track basketball if i was ranking them there you go
2: you're from illinois y'all you can't say you can't say anything but football
1: (laughs) right we do love our football we don't we can't hold a candle to texas i can tell you that (laughs) um we do love our football we do love our small town football and uh so our deer season um is more in the basketball uh time frame And it would be like we'd have a a scrimmage, you know, we just play against our own teammates. I know I missed a couple of them scrimmages cuz I got a deer down late at night. It was like, you know, oh, I shot a deer at 4:45. Well, you got a scrimmage at 7. Well, I'm still kind of trying to track, drag this sucker out of the woods and and get it, you know, cleaned out and back to, you know, the butcher shop. I'm not going to make it, coach. <laughs> you know, he's like he's like, what do you mean you're not going to make it? I said, like, "Well, I'm just I'm just not going to be there in." So, I, know. I don't have a
2: I don't have a story that cool I wish I did no
1: <laughs> I don't think it's that cool it think it's I think
2: it's, all, I think it's <laughs> awesome hey coach you can't make it I' uh, I'm on a blood trail
1: yeah right <laughs> and then I I, I, I know in uh junior high so we did football and then the girls did cheerleading and then they had their volleyball season while the boys played basketball I know I missed a couple games because I was I was just dead tired from, from putting in work hunting. But, you know, high school sports don't go – I just I just talked about this. High school sports don't go past high school. You can't talk about – I mean, you're not Al Bundy talking about 40 years ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah but yeah. if you're hunting in high school, you can talk about that buck you shot 25 years ago that's a 167, and you got the mount on the wall. I mean, you can talk about that, and it and it'd still be relevant
2: dude i i i I love that analogy because it's so true hunting transcends hunting hunting transcends you know generations it it transcends for example like i'm 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 sitting in traffic in nashville tennessee right now and you're sitting in you guys studio in illinois Uh uh-huh there's a lot of things between me and you literally i'm sure we would there's a lot of things but it transcends if we started talking about a sport right now we would find a million differences we would find a million things that oh I can't believe you like that team or that player, but if you love hunting, you can you love hunting like, right? And I don't care I don't I don't know if you, I I know I, I listen to you guys all the time and I know you guys have talked about it a little bit but you know what in today's world with what's happened in the past you know forty eight hours I don't want to get off on a whole tangent with with Kuyu and Jason Harrison but uh huh and just the whole what I'm what I'm getting into is there's a whole thing that's happening that's degrading our society and, and things like what happened with Jason hopefully bring us together um you know I, I know you guys probably have your own social media groups and archery talk forums and all that right right on. Every time somebody posts something for every good comment there's eight or nine <clears throat> bad ones you know there's why would you do that or why would you do this? and I know just from listening to you guys that you, you, we're on the same page, like I said, hunting transcends and it needs to continue to do that. We need to be able to reach out to the guy next to us, whether he shoots a crossbow and we think he shouldn't, you know, uh-huh. whether, whether he, whether he doesn't pick up a deer stand until or, or, or pick up his rifle until November 1st, he should pick it up before then. But if he doesn't and he bat, he buys his tag, he buys, he buys his license and he is promoting hunting in an ethical manner, in you know, and in a lawful manner. We've got to we got to start sticking together, man. That's what I'm saying. And I know I just kind of went off on a tangent. I apologize, but no, it's fine. I kind of <laughs> felt like what you were saying with, you know, with sports. We could find a million differences between each other, but with hunting, we all can relate. And and like you, what you were saying with hunting and in high school, it's, it's not cool to talk about that that touchdown you scored and you could you could have gone you know you could have gone pro if you hadn't hurt your shoulder yeah or whatever right and
1: right. Um, um you know i actually took a woodworking class my senior year of high school and you know i we had to do you know a final project and we had you know like 10 or 12 weeks to work on it and i was like man i don't know what to build i mean we we already have an assignment to make an end table and this and that and i was like you know what I just did my senior pictures and had all these trophies and medals in a in a cardboard box. I said, "Well, to hell with it! I'm gonna make a trophy case." And I've got it in the back room of my house. But anytime, like we do, uh, I'm gonna have a baby shower tomorrow. Actually, you know how many people I'm gonna be be like calling over to my trophy case, like, "Hey, come look at my trophies or look at this trophy case that I built." No. No, I'm not going to be doing that. But I got a turkey above my fireplace, and I got two deer mounts in the living room. I'm like, hey, check Heck these yeah. studs out. You know what I mean?
2: Heck, yeah. So tell me about your turkey mount.
1: Um, if, if you ask my brother-in-law, he thinks it was his turkey, but uh, it was just Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Early morning, I guess sat down. I said, hey, I'm going to go to this point. He said, all right, I'm going to go to this point. We're supposed to be about 250 yards away where I actually end up about 150 yards away, Um, bird to my right, my immediate right, about 80 yards. Um, He's hammering back off me on the roost, uh, flies down, just going the other way, but uh, the field kind of cuts back, and then he kind of comes around the corner. I seen him strutting the whole way in. I don't have no decoys out. My brother-in-law, who's 150 yards away, which I thought was going to be a lot farther away, and then he starts calling, and I'm like, dude, you are close. And he's like, yeah, you hear that sucker? I was like, yeah, he's like almost in my lap. And uh, he's like, hey, man, he's coming to me. And then I then I shoot this tom at about 24 yards, and he's like, well, guess he's not coming no more because he could see him flopping to the field. <laughs> So I, I get accused of stealing the bird and not being where I said I was gonna be when when I clearly knew where I was going and he obviously didn't know where he was going. So just one Dude, of them one of them stories, you know that that's cool. Yeah. That's cool because you have two different vantage points. Yeah. Um, you know one guy says one thing, one guy says another thing, and it's a hunting
2: story. Well, the reason I wanted to ask that story is you got to tell. I wanted you to tell it. Mhm. And you just you just gave every every reason that everybody has a turkey mount every turkey that i've ever seen it's a that's a mount there's a like there's a story behind it it's not you know because i'm not try- you know you can, ter- turkey hunting is different and the the limits are different you can if you wanted to you could in Tennessee, you could you could mount three of them a year right uh-huh Cause all turkeys kind of look they all look the same pretty much that some of them have but the ones that get mounted have a story yeah They all, I've always found that pretty interesting. If you go to a camp, anybody that's, if you go to a hunting camp or anybody's house and they've got a a mounted turkey, I guarantee you that turkey has the story. I guarantee it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, it was nothing special. Um, He kind of had a twisted sister beard, uh, maybe inch and eighth spur Uh, beard was right right at 11 inches.
2: Sounds like a great bird, man.
1: Yeah, it's super awesome bird. Um the story is a lot better than than uh the way he looks, you know what I mean? Right, right. So, you were talking about Justin in your in your uh him knowing the in and outs of some cameras. Uh Or Jim, Jim. Or yeah. Jim. Okay, Jim. Yeah. So, are you, are you guys running DSLRs or are you running camcorders?
2: So, we did both. Um and I love the fact that you use camcorders cuz some many people don't use that term anymore. Um but yeah, so we, we run both. We run uh, uh, both of our camcorders, our, vi- our, our video cameras are uh, Sony's, one's a Sony Z150, the other is an FS5. Um, the Z150 is, it's a tank. What I mean by that, it's not heavy, but it's very well built, um, but it's limited. You know, when you get in a tank, you're in a tank, you don't, you can't can't change the barrel out and get anything with it you're kind of limited to what you have right <laughs> right um but it it does what it's supposed to do every time and that's what a Sony z150 is a sony z150 does and what it offers people so a lot of times we get messages about what camera would you recommend for somebody that wants to start filming and that wants to do it on a professional level we typically will recommend that sony z150 or something similar and then the FS5, is, it's cinematic camera. There's the FS5, there's the FS7. And then anything above that is, you know, you're, you're talking about, your you know, the reds and things like that. But um, the FS5 allows you to, to, to put different lenses in there. You can have a, a short to medium uh, or just a, a wide-angle lens, um, or you can have, a, a, you know, a telephoto zoom lens on there.
0: So it has a lot
2: of different capabilities and then also its ability to record. Slow, uh, slow motion type type things as well. Right. Um, And then yeah, we definitely run a DSLR. Um, Actually, each one of us, all we all have our own personal DSLRs. Um, That's that's becoming more of a popular thing. Is folks that are wanting to self film or get into filming or are buying DSLRs? I get that question all the time, or we get that question you know, handy cam slash camcorder or DSLR. And what we tell people all the time is try both. They're just so, <laughs> there's so much, they're, they're, they're different. They're not there. There's nothing about them. Um, that's the same than maybe the name, you know, you can get a cannon and a cannon or a Sony and a Sony, but just the way that they function and feel in your hand. I mean, the way they even connect to a tripod, <laughs> they're not the same. Um, so I'd, I'd like to tell people to try both. I started with a little handy cam, and went to a DSLR, and now use our Z150 or FS5.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, it, you, yeah, you nailed it on the head there, uh, Cody and I. We we both have bought DSLRs for this year, and yeah. that, that's because we we follow a hunting team, and that's what they use, and they use that exclusively and
2: who's who's that honey team
1: uh that'd be last breath tv awesome cool
2: cool cool um
1: yeah if you haven't watched any of their film you should definitely check that out so
2: i am very familiar with their stuff man. yes
1: they are you know their quality is just lights out so big shout out to them and we cody and i filmed last year just kind of toying around and I had a Sony Handy Cam. I couldn't tell you anything past that. And it was just basically what it boiled down to is just shit film. I had a shit camera arm, and I got burnout trying to self film after I took a week in late October for vacation. I had I had great, great action. You know, I was. I mean, there's no reason not to keep filming, but right. just. You know, setting up the camera arm every hunt, getting the, getting the camera out. Oh, well, hey, it's raining, and, you know, my wife is counting on having this this camcorder to, you know, video Christmas morning or, you know, a kid's birthday. That's right. So I, so I got to right. protect it, and, you know, th- there's just a lot more going into it at that point than what I was doing with, and I think Cody and I both got a little burnout on it because we we're both trying to do it ourselves. And produce, not produce something, but at least have something respectable. And at the end of the year, we still put out what we had, you know, and that was just, it was just letting everybody know, hey, this is where we're at. This is what you guys can do with zero experience. And uh, this year, just, you know, talking to people through this podcast, talking to people outside this podcast, talking to the guys from Last Breath, uh, we went with, the dslr approach and we upgraded our camera arms to fourth arrow uh, there you go and we're we're really gonna we're really gonna try to produce something this year so uh, this year i can say that we're gonna try to produce something however with the dslr approach we'll have to see how it
2: goes that is some tough self-filming i just gotta be honest there i mean that's it's tough to self-film if you guys can hunt together you know it'll make it make it much easier um, one thing that that sticks out to me, you were talking about, you know, you had your camcorder. I mean, when I bought my first nice handy cam, same uh-huh. thing. My wife, my wife was like, "Oh, that'll be great for you know, Christmas and this and that." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, that lasted like a season, and I it had been dropped in mud puddles, and thrown in, <laughs> you know. <laughs> At one point, I left it in my I have built my own or not built, but had a, a friend of mine build me a little ozone container to help with my clothing and right i ate some ate some of the plastic off of it because i left it in a bag <laughs> <laughs> so i know what you're saying man i mean it's it's just one of those things but when you get back to the dslrs what's great about those and i if i had to pick one that's why i tell people if you're putting a gun to my head and, and saying which one would you pick to take with you you only take one camera i'm going to I'm gonna tell somebody to take a dslr to sell film to well or to film in general to film in general oh
1: yeah yes
2: yeah you got the lens the, like i was saying you interchangeable lenses um they, they've got you can put you can put a mic a mic system on them a lav mic system if you want with a yep. boom mic um if you get a cage and all those things they're super lightweight uh super super lightweight Yep. Which jim and i are headed out to hunt elk in idaho in a few weeks and we're trying to figure out how we're going to carry this carry our camera gear with us um <laughs> <laughs> but su- you should go back super- to the
1: late 90s and get the shoulder yeah. mount camcorder, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Just yeah. put it right on the VHS,
2: keep- <laughs> and then, um, but the, yeah, the DSR super lightweight. But what I, the biggest thing about it is you can take those steel photos, and steel photos can tell a whole lot of a story. You know, there's the whole the old saying a picture's worth a thousand words. There are pictures that are better than video. And yes. the DSL the DSLR allows you to get those. Um Uh did and, you see
1: the latest when Tag and Bragg shot that Velvet Buck in North Dakota? Yes, sure Man, did. Did you see that did you see the the photo that they did under the uh, night sky? I mean, holy yes, smokes, dude.
2: Yeah, and you're not you're not catching that unless you have a Oh my lord. A, a good camera and some Literally good glass. Some on good fire. glass with you. Yep.
1: That that's yeah, they, that I mean we we went to the last breath launch party they do kind of a a free deal here in town and we're just lucky to be located right next to them so uh you know Cody and I are just sitting there and then I think it was like maybe a week or two later I had just made up my mind and I started researching DSLRs and uh Cody said he's was just watching their videos from the previous season he said He just messaged me that day. He said, I'm getting a DSLR. I said, well, I just woke up this morning, and I said, I'm going to get a DSLR. So we are kind of both on the same page at the same time, you know. And their photos that they had, they had a whole slideshow at the beginning of that thing. And, I mean, just we couldn't even fathom the amount of time, let alone to get the footage that they had. But the, the still pictures, and the still pictures, you know, be able to edit them and put them out. I mean... There's, there's two positives to the DSLRs. The one negative is, you know, everything might not be in focus.
2: Right, right. Yeah. If, yeah. You've got to, you know, one thing, you've got to learn how to run those manual settings. Um, one, one thing I would recommend is teaching people how to use the, the um, peaking and the zebra stripes, and we can go through all those if your DSLR allows you to do that. It makes the picture look funny in your viewfinder, but it tells you whether something's in focus or not because there's times where your your eyes aren't adjusting to that LED screen or whatever you're looking through and it looks perfect. And then it comes out and the guy you're talking about, you know, let's say it's an interview while you're in the tree stand and it looks to you like you're in focus, but really the camera was focused on, you know, the logo on your shirt or, the logo on your hat and your face is blurred for a for a two-minute interview how much of that can you really use as video you the audio is probably great yeah but you just you probably thought oh man i just killed i just I, i've done it <laughs> dude i just killed that interview that was perfect and then you go and you go and you sit down and you look at the foot you're like oh man
1: Never yeah, right.
2: that, that was all out of focus
1: <laughs> I, I shot a doe last year and you know i I had the handy cam with me, and I didn't even think about turning the the viewfinder towards me so I could see what the hell was going on, you know?
0: Yeah, And
1: uh And I did the shot, or I did the interview post-shot, you know, like, hey, I just, just shot a doe, you know, I got her running away, you know, it looked like a good shot. And it just zoomed up right on my nose. <laughs> That's all you could see in the viewfinder, <laughs> just just my nose. So I like, oh, still, man.
2: The camera still zoomed in on the deer, and you... Yep. Prankering. Oh man, right. I've been there.
1: I've been there. So, um, you know, just just going back to something that you said earlier about, you know, the DSLR is It's tough to sell film with.
2: Yes.
1: Um, Cody and I are getting to that point where we're gonna put this pot I'm not, I'm not sure if it's the podcast ahead of of each other or. Uh, white tail legacy ahead of each other or just you know what we want to do our vision ahead wow. of uh, our vision ahead of each other but you know one of us sacrificing to be the cameraman uh we, we've talked wow. about it multiple times and we're we're getting there i think wow. after i think after this year because we both have basically got the the last year warning on the pieces that we're gonna hunt so I think we're just gonna go go at it. You know, last year just kind of self film. I think Cody might have uh, people that listen to the podcast. Uh, Cody might have the beer guy to self film for him. Um, That's right. If I go to my piece, I'm pretty much gonna be solo. But next year, I think uh, we're gonna hit up some public land, and then uh, maybe the the Booner piece that we have. So at that point, we'll be we'll be teaming up for sure. And we'll have some we'll have some deer picked out set aside. But this year, I think, even though we've talked about it, I think I don't know what we're gonna do, man. it, it it's a hodgepodge. We've talked about it. things change too, you know throughout a season. It's just yeah. so many
2: things change. Um, I mean, it, here so if I can interject, yeah, go ahead. so one thing, um. You know, there's uh, – of the four of us, we've all committed um, – I'm just going to say it. We, we have a hell yes or hell no mentality, okay, meaning when we ask a question to our group, it's either hell yes or hell no. Right. You know what I mean? that, you know, we're, we're either all in or we're all out because we're too small to be wishy-washy. Exactly. We don't, we don't, have, we don't have the liberty for somebody to not be fully committed. <laughs> right. Um, being, with you guys being a two-man crew, um, are you guys, I mean, I've listened, I know you both have, you know, your your specific places that you hunt and your target deer. Uh-huh. Uh, one thing that we've started doing, is, you know, we've reached out to local guys. We just, we just teamed up with a local guy we met he's, he's been incredible to work with. His name's RT Bailey. I guess I gotta, I gotta drop his name cause he's been awesome to work with. Right. Yeah. Go uh, ahead and drop it, man. That's yeah, what I like man. to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were working with RT. He's a, he, he's a young guy. Um, he's, he's still in college, uh, still trying to find to find his way. And all I mean by that is, you know, he's, he's just, he's finishing up school, trying to figure out exactly what he's going to do, but he, he wants to be behind the camera for us and, and for himself. And he's done some incredible work. Um, uh, with you guys and it being a, you know, like I said, a kind of a two man team, you just got to commit. Hey, are we for, and I would say you need to commit for the season. Are we going to video each other this year? Are we going to video ourselves? I would say if you guys have already committed to it and started for this year, Uh y'all video, you video yourselves for the remainder of your, of the year and learn from it because that's what taught all of us the most, um, that, that are, that have filmed hunting at all was trying to film ourselves and you learn real quick how much you'd love to have a cameraman. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then, but what makes it incredible is to have a cameraman that hunts. I mean, if you have a, if you have a cameraman that hunts, you got, you're, you're lethal. Um, because he knows when and how to move when deer are moving. Um, you might get somebody in a deer stand that, you know, has no idea when and how to move. Um, so you guys could team up next year and just wear just wear it out when it comes to filming your 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 own hunts, and anyways, greatly increase your odds of getting something you know in focus with the with the red but with the red with the red light blinking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, um, I think we would be more apt to film together if we didn't have the last year deadline. Um, right i mean he's got a big buck he's chasing it'd be nice for me to take one last buck off the place i've hunted since i was 12 you know i've hunted there 16 years um it'd just be cool to you know get one last hoorah you know what i mean so
2: so that's kind of what i was you know that's kind of what i was saying and and again this is would be my advice to just about anybody that's because i've done the self-filming thing that's what got me into what is do it a full season you you said you guys did it a lot last year Mm -hmm. um do it a full season and you guys compare notes and compare hey man i learned that if i you know the camera the camera manual said to do this when it was low light but i learned if i did this for deer hunting it was much better right (laughs) you know and you guys can bounce those ideas off of each other and then by next season you're each a pro behind the camera and, and in front of it and then you're you're hitting you're hit taking the world by storm, man. Yeah, and
1: one thing that we've talked about is you know all right you know go in there. Um, Cody said he's not going to do a, a tree interview, which I don't know what he's planning on if he's doing it a, 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 at the truck or if he's not doing it at all. Or if we're going to do it here in the studio, I don't know kind of his plan. I'll let him talk for that. But yeah. I said if we get. A deer down that we want to make a story out of and make an episode, you're going to have to call and be like, all right, you know, here, now, this is priority now because this is, this is what has happened and this is what is guaranteed to be on film, you know what I mean? Right. So... We're de- We're definitely at that point like you know, hey, we're gonna take two, three days, get some good still shots, get the b-roll, get get everything going in, and you really make the story out of it and you know get get the work that we put into it, taking it to the locker, you know, doing just a bunch of bunch of stuff that nobody's really showing that we can that we want to showcase because that's how we do things. right. So speaking of how you do things, Let's yeah. let's get into this Tennessee velvet buck that you just got.
2: Okay, okay. Um so like I was saying earlier, um Austin and I went to high school together. He he actually joined the army after high school. Um and he recently uh I think he let's see. can't remember when he when he retired or, you know, his 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 tour ended. Um I think it was 2016. And while when that was all kind of coming to fruition, he called me and said, "Hey, I used to shoot a bow when I was younger. I want to start I want to start shooting a bow again. And as soon as he sent me that, I said, Do you want to bow hunt? And he was like, Yeah, sure. You know, yeah, sure, that'd be great. Just teach me how to shoot a bow. <laughs> well, I put a I put a bow in his hand and within you know a week we had broadheads for it in. Um and I was kind of telling him what I was doing. I was self filming, I had a blog out there and I was creating a website, all this kind of stuff to get going. And um, this was all la- this was literally last summer um yeah last summer summer of 2017 and i spent 98 percent of my deer season behind the camera trying to film austin kill his first deer um early season we had some really good bucks come in um as you can imagine with anybody that's literally learning how to learning how to hunt learning how to bow hunt and have a camera in their face the whole time we had our we had more lows than we had highs but it was a it was a ton of fun um had a good buck that we could have killed early season just didn't work out um a little bit later let's see yeah a little bit later in the season right in the middle of rut we literally had a deer crawl underneath the fence no joke Uh nice buck would have been uh, one of my biggest deer crawled uh,
1: under crawled, the fence
2: crawl underneath a barbed wire fence chasing a doe man uh, and stood at stood at 12 yards broadside and clean just a clean width okay just clean is the clean width i could hear austin drawing behind the camera i mean he was he was shaking and breathing and I, I mean i i felt for him and then um probably with probably just a few weeks later we 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 got on a deer that kind of just showed up out of nowhere we had no history with him um the place that we were hunting has a ton of history of just big deer um this deer literally came out of nowhere. We caught him on camera two days before Austin had an encounter with him. And, um, I'm not exaggerating when he, he literally brushed the tree we were hunting out of. The deer was just like, he brushed the tree. It's on, it's on camera. And Austin went to draw on him and he was shaking so bad that the arrow was rattling inside the rest and and scared the deer off. So, um, I ended up killing that same, I ended up killing that buck. He became my my biggest buck to date. Um, I killed him about a week later. Um, that's the story of Dagger. That was all over our, uh, all over our Instagram and everything like that. We got all that. So now we, we finish up the deer season. Austin had a few more encounters and then um, he's been practicing all, all summer and um, it's his first buck. I mean, like I said, he, he hasn't been hunting very long, so. What can we do to get Austin's first deer? With us having our first velvet season, we knew the deer would be still in their bachelor groups, and at the same time, they haven't been hunted. They don't know the pressure of that time of year. So right. we found we found us a pretty good target buck, and um, just the, the place where we were hunting. It's a young, he ended up the place we were hunting. It's more of a of a draw. It's not a. We don't hold any deer there. Um, we're just hunting kind of a pass through. So if we get decent deer there, and we feel like that that's one that we need, you know, that would look that that's that's a good target buck. We found one. He was in there very regularly. We made a plan. Opening morning of uh, Tennessee Velvet season. Austin and I are in stand, and like clockwork, this buck came down a trail. Um, this just kind of goes to show we were talking about, you know, ozone treatment earlier or whatever. Um, deer came down from dead downwind we use different types of ozone treatment stuff i highly recommend any type of ozone treatment anybody can use but also just the hunting pressure that time of that time of year you could tell these deer had not been hunted they they didn't really understand what was going on came in from straight downwind um walked right to us and air and austin arrowed him at it may have been seven yards maybe Jeez. um so i think it's the first time he's come to full draw on a deer um so we were it, it was a, uh, and it was quick fast and a hurry these deer ran in on us um like i said it's kind of a pinch point and a draw through this little area they ran in on us and i was the cameraman there's a little bit more to the story that we're going to release soon so i don't want to tell all of it right this minute Right. okay all right um but we uh he, he made the shot on the deer uh we gave him about well, we gave him a good hour before we got down. Fifteen minutes later, a coyote came through, and he smoked and stuck a coyote to the ground right there. We always love that. That's freaking awesome, right? Yes. Got down. Um, he he knew, which was great being a young hunter, he knew right off the bat that it was a marginal hit, Um, which was, I, I was, you know, I thought that was pretty neat for a, a first-time hunter. I don't know if you've hunted with anybody that's like, oh, yeah, I smoked him. <laughs> and you get down and it's he's like hey man I, I don't feel too good about the shot you know blah 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 we get down and it was it was it was high and back but the exit wound was perfect the, the entry was not where we would have wanted it but the exit was was pretty perfect um tracked blood for about 100 150 yards and just dried up on us. I mean not a like not a drop actually the last drop of blood that we found we just got lucky and found it about a hundred yards past where the blood really ended so we had about a 300 yard blood trail and it was really dried up on us so we ended up calling a dog in and that evening we recovered austin's first buck um i haven't gotten any info back on the measurements on him he's he's probably right at 120 Mm -hmm. um not nine point we put him right at three and a half years old but for a first deer um he trumps Many, many first deer of anybody that I know, especially to get it done with a bow um, and and for it to be a velvet buck. Um, it was an incredible story. And with everything Austin went through last year, he's well-deserving to get it done.
1: Yeah, especially with everything that you said he went through last year, you know. And that just goes to show, you know, I mean, just with with anything hunting-wise, you know, never give up. You know, all you got to do is be at the right place at the right time, and anything can happen at that point. You know.
2: Yeah, it, it, anything can happen. Is right. Um. It, it. So he had several encounters last year. The buck crawl underneath the fence was incredible, and to be honest, early in the season we we encountered about a six and a half year old seven point. Um. That I was drooling at the bit for us to, to knock down, but it it, it didn't work. A nice, gray face old i had a little bit of history with this deer wide seven point never thought i'd seen him in a million years and, and there he was um and that didn't work out and then we had several count. We, we thought we would get him a doe which you know you, you kind of oh yeah we'll just get this guy a doe right that's kind of like right. everybody thinks oh we'll just get, put him on a doe every time we tried to hunt does we had bucks come in so it was just one of those deals we kind of wanted his first experience to be you know a little bit easier than it was but it, it kind of worked out the way it did.
1: For sure. We're coming up on on time here, yeah. but what what is the future for Ethan Tonhole? Do you think?
2: Um, you know we've all made a commitment to ourselves and, and and to what we're doing and to the hunting industry. And I hate to use that word, but it is what it is. To to always be real. Um, the minute that we can't be real, we're done. The minute that we can't have fun we're done we'll continue to do what we're doing but we won't try and you know make it make it a business or or whatever um, for the, the future for us we've got uh, several episodes right now that are in the works uh, that are actually being edited as we speak uh, we just turned over a bunch of footage to our editors here um, we are we, our, our goal is to be um, a direct to consumer that's kind of the new platform so we're gonna be pretty much strictly web-based uh, we do we are working on possibly a couple of TV contracts um, but we're working on uh, a couple of web-based contracts we're going to be on uh we'll have our own it'll be subscription based from our website obviously YouTube um, vimeo things like that and then my outdoor TV so that's our that that is our goal that's our future is to uh to share what what I talked about at the beginning you know life in the outdoors and inviting 99.9% of hunters to, to meet us where we're at because we aren't professionals. We aren't, we, I can say this, we, we aren't making a dollar off of what we're doing. We're not making a penny right. off of what we're doing. This is all 100% our, job, our, our jobs pay for what we're doing. Um, this is passion-based. Um, our wives support us. Our wives help us with a lot of what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, So yeah, I mean, the future for us is this isn't a we. None of us ever wanted to be professional hunters, um, professional this or that. Um, We look, we all, we're all lucky to have great jobs that we have. Um, Our our future is to kind of just showcase what we what what we're doing, what we what we love to do, which is videoing life and hunting in the outdoors man that was a pretty good answer right
1: there um you know i know i know cody he, he didn't make this one but i know he wishes all the best for you it's the same as i do videoing life and hunting is not as easy as it sounds man my word of advice would just be try to dodge that wife conversation as long as you can
2: <laughs> <laughs> well she's been trying to beep into me i'm supposed to be meeting her for dinner here in a few minutes um so I have been I've been dodging that conversation
1: the past 15 nights. <laughs> well, there you go. She's she's going to take you out. She's probably going to pay for a nice dinner and just break something big to you and you're going to get yeah. blindsided. That's
2: that's that that's, that sounds about right.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Grant. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on and I I know Cody sends his best wishes to you guys and uh everything that you guys are going to going to do going forward, man.
2: Hey, let's get together and hunt sometime, homie
1: yeah that'd be awesome too um i know cody and i we you know we're sitting here waiting for october 1st to come around and we're seeing all these velvet bucks you know hit the ground and we're like man dude we gotta go somewhere and try to get something down whether we get it down or not we gotta try just to get the itch get the get the itch itched that's right i hear you yeah y'all need to we,
2: we need to make it happen let's get together and hunt
1: for sure man um we'll be in touch and we'll try to get something in the game plan
2: all right. Well, I sure do appreciate it, man. I look forward to uh, to, to staying in touch, and we'll make it happen again soon.
1: Yeah, we'll do, man. Uh, enjoy enjoy the dinner with the wife. Be good, homie. Who said I couldn't fly a podcast solo? I think I did a pretty decent job, considering the circumstances. Uh, I ran low on beer, and that was a that was a huge problem. So I worked through it. I did the best of my abilities on low beer count, but we made it happen. Can't thank Grant enough for coming on. Uh, I think we had this thing scheduled for three, two or three different times at least. So appreciate him whether he was in a rainstorm or not, making the time, make this podcast happen. We want to welcome all the new listeners to the family. We we got something special coming out here next week for you guys. Uh, we we can't thank everybody enough for listening and hitting that play button. So, if you guys are listening now, you're definitely one of gonna listen next week and uh, see what we got in store. Other than that, man, White Tail Legacy out.